Welcome to some more great Bible preaching from the pulpit of Capital City Baptist Church in the heart of Austin, Texas. Our prayer is that your relationship with Christ is strengthened and that you are blessed by the time you spend in the Word of God with us today. Second Samuel 6, Second Samuel chapter 6, tonight we're going to start at verse 12, continue in our study of the life of David. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him, because the ark of God. So David went, brought up the ark of God from the house, into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they bare the ark of the Lord, uh, and had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings, and David danced before the Lord with all his might. David was girded with a linen ephod, so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Notice how they came. Verse 12 says, with gladness. Verse 14 says, uh, he sang and danced with all his might. Verse 15 says there was shouting, verse 16, as, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw the king David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Let's pray. I'm going to ask Brother Tony Powell to lead us in prayer tonight as we come. Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and keep your finger here, but turn over to Second. Excuse me, to Second First Chronicles 16. We're going to be reading a lot of scripture this evening, talking about praising the Lord. David was a friend of God. We mentioned that the other night. A close friend, a man after God's own heart. And I believe one of the main reasons for that was because David had learned at an early age to consistently, daily, uh, fervently to praise the Lord. I got to thinking this afternoon as I was preparing this message, uh, I had actually written down some thoughts several weeks ago, uh, but it wasn't until this week that I began to sift through scriptures on praising the Lord. I know several years ago my dad did a study. I wasn't here. I didn't get to enjoy that study. Uh, so for the first time in my life, I'm actually doing a study through the Bible. I'm praising the Lord. Amazing all the scripture found in the Bible about praising the Lord and how much of it came from David's mouth or David's actions. Uh, read the book of Psalms and just take a highlight or a pen and mark not just the times he mentions praising the Lord, but the way he does it almost in every psalm, and this is a spiritual exercise, it's a spiritual choice. Uh, you know, just several days ago when I started, if you say, I'm going to praise the Lord, you make an attempt to do it, start low. Say, you know what, I, I think I'm just going to praise God five minutes at a time. Give it your best shot. Now, if you haven't formed the habit, formed the custom of doing it, uh, you may have problems uh, because our mind isn't geared that way. And you know what praise takes? Total, absolute concentration on God. 
And I think that's why it likes it so much. Now, when David brought the ark of God to the city, look at the way chapter 15 is a parallel story that we find in Chronicles. But look in chapter 15, verse 16. David made a lot of preparation for this moment. And look what he did. Verse 16, David spake to the chief of the Levites to appoint. These men were appointed uh, to be singers with instruments of music, psalteries, uh, harps, cymbals, sounding by lifting up the voice with joy. This is praise. Did you know praise is vocal? It's amazing. Now, here's one of the signs that praising is not something that the average Christian does. If you bring a Christian to this environment, a church environment, that is conducive for praise, matter of fact, we call this a house of praise or a house of worship. So when we come here, we know that's exactly what we are supposed to be doing. Uh, if you want to know God's mindset, God's desire, God's perfect will, take a look at the glimpses of heaven that he gives us in Scripture, and you'll see heaven is filled with praise. So obviously his house is supposed to be filled with praise. Amazing, we come to this environment, everything is conducive for praise. We're commanded to praise. We're given hymn books with prefabricated songs of praise, and you still can't get man to do it. It seems to be a difficult task, something uh, out of the ordinary, to get a congregation to do it with their whole heart, with gladness and fervency and desire. Think about how you praise God tonight. So if we can't do it in an environment that is conducive, what do we do throughout the rest of the week? I traveled down the road to church tonight. I was focusing on praise, and I was trying to get my mind totally involved in praising God. Amazing where the mind will go. And I thought, you know, it's amazing to think how long it took man to lay and make and pave this road with things that God had already uh, given him, the energy and the strength and the substance and the material and the daylight. And it still took, man, a long time. And God simply spoke, and this grass and these trees, God is almighty. And folks, just to say that, it's amazing who we praise and how we, we praise sports stars. Ethan, adulteress, drinking, fornicating, sports stars because they have the ability to take a ball and put it through a hoop. And we consider that praiseworthy. Isn't that a little twisted? Uh, isn't it a little twisted to think who we praise and who we applaud and, and uh, who we exalt and God commands that we do it and we still can't find the time or energy or the concentration to actually make it happen. And David, when the ark of God was set to come to the city, he set things up. Now, David, uh, listen, this didn't happen overnight. This wasn't something that David established at this moment, knowing that the ark of God and the very presence of God was coming into the city. I'm convinced that years and years before, when he was out there with those sheep and with that harp, he had already established a mindset, and on a daily basis, he was taking time to praise God. 
And you see it in the Psalms. You see it in everything he does. But he sets things in place and he tells the Levites, I want you to appoint people, and here's what they're going to be doing. I want the finest musicians, the finest singers, and I want everything that's done to be focused on one thing. Let's all praise God. And when David praised God, you know, I think the charismatics have scared us. And let me say this tonight, and I may actually extend this and preach on praise for a few weeks. We are so nervous and so worried about what the Pentecostals are doing. Now, folks, I'm not talking about uh, some kind of wild, emotional, but in order to praise God, you do have to involve your emotions. Yeah, praising God without emotions, imagine that. Praise God. Good. Yeah. You can't do it at a game. It made a basket. Just scored. One. We won. We won. It was good. How was the victory? Good. It's great. Amen. Hallelujah. For that goal thing, victory. You'd say that's retarded. You know how people celebrate victory. You know how people pray. Literally, you have people just want to go down to the field or the court and just touch their hero, uh, praise their uh, idol. They shout, they scream, they jump up and down, they make fools of themselves. But to make a fool of ourselves for God, now that's a little extreme. You know, lifting holy hands, that is a Bible concept, but a Christian in this day and age, actually lifting, you know, make sure no one's looking at it. You know, during this prayer. Praising God is really important concept. And here's the problem, because we associate that with everything else that comes with the charismatic movement and and speaking in tongues, and and folks, that biblical tongues is someone speaking in a foreign language without ever having learned it. And if you go back to Acts chapter 2, you'll find out there are 15 different nations with 15 different languages present, and God gave uh, them the ability to hear in their own language. Uh, An amazing thing happened. But praising God should not be correlated with or, or thought of as a charismatic thing. It's a biblical thing. And all Christians ought to praise God. I remember years ago when I went to a Faith Baptist camp meeting in Resaca, Georgia. And, and we showed up and, and uh, Brother Sammy Allen started, you know, he got up to give the announcements and he got up there and he started quoting scripture and shaking his finger and 45 minutes later, hundreds of scripture verses later, he finished the announcements. Well, I am not exaggerating. I mean, that man knows more Bible than... I, I've heard about Jack Van Impey and his Bible-coding skills, but I've heard Jack Van Impey preach, and he... Trust me, Sammy Allen will quote 50 verses for every one that Brother Van Impey quotes. And then they got up and started preaching, and that place caught fire and there were people here somebody ran out the side door and took a lap around the auditorium yelling and screaming and hooping and hollering ran through this door the first time someone jumped up behind it boy i went through the roof and there was squat you say preacher what do you think of that i don't know uh but trust me i feel a lot more comfortable there than i did in the average baptist church is nearly presbyterian and nowadays you say amen in a Baptist church and someone will look at you like, what? Do you know amen is biblical? 
Do you know Nehemiah, when he got up, did you know, how many of you read the book of Nehemiah? When he preached, where did he preach? Standing on the pulpit. He stood on the pulpit when he read the word of God. And then the people repeatedly said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Well, that's a little disruptive. Wake, we need to say amen just to wake some of the sleepers up. Amen? If you're not in agreement with the message, when you find someone next to you sleeping, just say amen. It'll do them good. It'll do you good. Look what it says in verse 16. By sounding, by lifting up their voice with what's it say? Joy. Verse 19, so the singers. He man. I guess that's his name. What a name, amen? He-man. Asaph, Ethan, they were appointed. They, they appointed people to praise the Lord. Um, verse 22, Chaniah was for song. He instructed about the song because he was skillful. That's why we don't let some of you sing. He wanted the skillful ones. Verse 28, that's, all, that's why we put Kyle in the deaf choir. Someone asked me, is he deaf? No, we wish he were deaf. But we still allow him to sing with the deaf choir. Verse 28, that's all Israel brought up the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord. With, what's it say? Shouting. Well, I don't believe anyone ought to shout in the house of God. Well, you simply don't believe or think the way God does. What would happen if you actually got excited about being here? You actually got excited about a Bible principle. You actually got excited about the goodness of God. You actually caught fire. You know what happens when you get excited? Your lips move. Your face shows it. Amazing how many people. Now, folks, I'll tell you a little secret. When I stand up here for 45 minutes, I actually notice your faces. Okay? Some of you ought to tell your face that you're excited. Because your face hasn't realized that in about eight or ten years. If you're truly, how many of you ever seen someone excited, a kid excited about a new bike? How many of you seen your husband excited about a football game or a basketball game or a hunt? Yeah. Is that the same look that you saw him put on at church when he told you he was excited about the Word of God? I, I just don't see any similarities. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what David's face was? Now, here's what we see, and here's what you're going to see. When this ark was brought, David had everything set up, and he said, you're going to be the singers, and you're going to be the shouters, and you're going to have the, uh, the psalteries and the harps, and, and you're going to have the cymbals, and you're going to have the tambourines, uh, and this is going to be amazing. This is going to be powerful. And he had the choir set up over here, and the musicians set up over here, and the singers set up over here, and he brought the ark of God down, and he was pumped up, and he could see it. How many of you ever seen? I, I, I picture him something like Brother Camelard. You know, he was sitting there. He was getting pumped. He was trying to hold back. He was trying to, you know, keep going to God. Start, you know how that leg starts to hop and switch just a little bit? Listen, you say, uh, well, you know, I've seen Brother Kimmler. He took a lap around the... Well, David took more than a lap. I mean, he was hot. Now, listen, folks, we're not talking about some kind of sensual dancing, wicked, filthy, low-down, vile, adulterous dancing that goes on in 2011. But we're talking about... Um, this was the beginning of the hip-hop movement right here. 
because he was hipping and he was hopping around, jumping and shouting uh, and praising God. He was excited about God. But there were still some in the crowd. Yeah. One of them was his wife. Uh, he's making a fool of himself. Amen. Look what he does in verse 7, 16, chapter 16, verse 7. No, go, go back to verse 4. He appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Uh, verse 8, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name. Verse 9, sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wonder. You know why? We can't talk straight. Why we can't think straight? There's so many benefits to praising the Lord. And some of those benefits are you're going to start thinking straight. You're going to get your mind straight. You're going to get some spiritual victories. You're actually going to cheer up. You're going to live happier. You're going to understand the power and the grace and the blessing of God. You've got your mind so low. It's in the depths and the dregs of your circumstances. You're so focused on every problem you're dealing with from your finances, your marriage, your personal failings, and a million other things, you say, what can change that? Why don't you try, praise the Lord? Well, I don't think you can change it. Have you tried it? You tried everything else, and it didn't work. Why do you keep jumping on a three-legged horse? Why do you keep getting in a car with no gas? That doesn't make sense. Getting a vehicle that works, that's a vehicle of praise. Folks, I am not Pentecostal. I am not charismatic. But I can't imagine a God in heaven that said, I created you to praise me. You say, well, you know, preacher, I, my personality, yeah, let, you need to let the Holy Spirit overcome your personality. Because your personality is pretty obnoxious. <laughs> Frankly, it stinks. Holy Spirit's not worried about your personality. You, you say, well, uh, preacher, you know, I'm, I'm just not one of those people by nature. None of us are. But could, come on, tell me who by nature just wants to jump up and shout praise the Lord. I mean, how many of you just naturally you grab a hymn book and you just all out 100%? Folks, you have a human nature. Uh, you, you, you know what this world and the pressure of this world and the pressure of life is like riddling. It just sucks the energy out of you. So after you've taken all this worldly riddling all day, you walk in the house and say, it's like a frog on a hot frying pan. There's not much jump left in you. Not much life. Not much energy. So you come to the house of God, and God said, I would like to be praised. And you get out and amen, a hallelujah, praise the Lord, God is good. Here's what you can do. Do a little spiritual exercise first. Do it in your car all alone. If you can't praise God in your car, you're definitely not going to praise God in the church. If you can't praise God in your bedroom, if you can't praise... Some of you can't even praise God in the shower. Have you ever heard someone singing in the top of their lungs in the shower? I mean, they are just praising God. <laughs> Folks, if you can't praise God in... Oh, when you're all alone in places that are private? If you can't praise God in your house, if you can't praise God uh, all by yourself, how in the world 
Are you going to have the spiritual strength and the spiritual gumption, the spiritual stamina to actually say, praise the Lord, God's good? I mean, you can't even praise God when you've got a pastor here saying it's biblical. Let's do it. I'm going to have to think about that for a little bit. Amen. Amen. There, I got it out. Yeah, it's powerful. Amen. I'm sure God's pretty happy with that one. It's a start. Look at, look at David in Psalms 150. You, you know what? I, I can tell tonight this plane is barely getting off the ground. I'm, I'm just not doing well. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw in a few extra hundred scripture. Just... All right, the crowd finally woke up. Let's start at Psalms 145. We'll make our way to Psalms 150. Verse 2, every day I will bless thee, Psalms 145 too. I will praise thy name forever and ever. That means every day of every week, of every month, of every year, until he takes me to glory, and then I'll step it up a notch. Verse 3, great is the Lord, great to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare, here's what praise is, declaring his mighty acts, I'll speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and thy wondrous works. Verse 7, they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy goodness. That's praise. What do you do abundantly? Gripe about weather, your boss, your pay, and the car, and the flat tire, and... Your steak was overcooked. That's a bad day. About 90% of the world would like to have that kind of a bad day. The Lord is good to all. Verse 9, verse 10. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord. Thy saints shall bless. Now, here's the way to identify whether or not you're a saint. Because David said, Thy saints shall praise thee, O Lord. Thy saints shall bless thee. So, that's what saints do. Amen. And those that aren't saints, they just don't do that. Psalms 146.1, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises. Psalms 147, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto the Lord God. For it is pleasant. Praise is comely. Verse 7, Sing the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise. Uh, <coughs> go to Psalms 148. Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heaven. Praise him in the heights, praise ye him. David's trying to get a point across. Praise ye him, sun, moon, praise him all ye stars. Praise him ye heavens of heavens, ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded, they were created. Verse 7, praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons. Verse 13, let them praise the name of the Lord. For his name alone is excellent, his glory is above the earth in the heaven. Psalms 149, Praise ye the Lord, singing the Lord a new song of praise. First, uh, excuse me, let's go to Psalms 150. Praise ye the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary. Oh, wow, where are you? Where are you at tonight? Did you know there's a biblical command that you're supposed to praise God in His... You know what the average independent Baptist does? He actually either gets nervous or upset if someone praises him, God, in the sanctuary. 
couple years ago, we actually had a letter written and dispersed among the members. I read it to the men that said, we have too many young men on the front row praising the Lord. I think God would have to say, we don't have enough young men on the front row. And those that are in the front row don't praise Him enough. God wants praised. Did you know you have the nature of God? You know what you like to, occasionally you like to be praised. You like for people to say, good job, it's wonderful. Wow, you're good at what you do. That's excellent, beautiful, way to go. You know what you do? You actually live for those moments. You know what? You make a lot of sacrifices and you'll do a lot of things if occasionally someone will say, you're really doing a great job. Did you know that God could have plugged your nostrils? Stopped your heart. Could have given you the gift of cancer today. You ought to praise God for the very fact He's good enough to give you life for 50 years or 40 years or 30 years in the United States of America. In 2011, as much as you like to talk about the old days, trust me, you wouldn't have wanted to be born in 1826. What if God was said, you know what? When have you born in 1855? Wouldn't that have felt good in 1870? Those might not have been the good old days. Some of you aren't historians. You have no clue what I'm talking about. That's okay. Texas is still, still, Texans think they're living the Civil War. Believe it or not, it did end years ago. Verse 3. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Even your kidney, liver, bladder is supposed to praise the Lord. Amen. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Can you imagine if everyone in God's house actually learned this basic, simple principle of praising God? Now, it's a spiritual exercise. You're going to have to take time. You're going to have to actually make a decision. You're actually going to have to leave here tonight and start in your vehicle, and you understand it's not as easy as one would think. Because most people live their entire spiritual life and never, ever taken a moment to develop the habit and go through... Uh, Let's go through one more psalm, Psalm 107. You know what You know what praising God does? Here's why it's so important. It ushers you into the presence of God. You know most people never even get to the presence of God all week. They go all week living their spiritual life in neutral, never going to the presence of God. That's what praise does. Try it. Do a little exit on your way home tonight. Go into the presence of God. You do it through the door of praise. Look what it says in Psalms 107.8. Look at David's passionate plea. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Do you see the passion? Do you see David's heart desire? He knew about the benefits of praise. He was fervent in praise. But for some reason, he just couldn't get as many people to have the same passion in life for praising God. 
Look what it says, verse 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. You know what heaven is full? Turn to Revelation chapter 5. Remember John, the apostle, the beloved, one of the twelve apostles, besides Judas, who hung himself. The other apostles all became martyrs. Some were stoned, some were crucified. John escaped martyrdom. They tried. They threw him in a burning, boiling, better stated, boiling pot of oil. Miraculously, he survived it. They exiled him on Patmos, and while out there in the Isle of Patmos, God uh, gave him a vision and showed him uh, future things. But God actually literally opened up the doors of heaven, allowed him to see heaven. Look what it says in verse 11. Here's what John wrote about it. I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. And the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. That's a lot of people. Multiply 100,000 times thousands, you got a lot of people. Let Andrew do the math. He's an astronaut. Verse 12, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Can you imagine in heaven... All these people, all these angels and archangels glorifying and praising God. They're finally fulfilling their purpose. God said they wouldn't do it on the earth. We're going to make up for lost time. And they're glorifying and praising God. And uh, folks, I, I have a feeling that independent Baptists in this generation are going to feel uncomfortable in heaven yeah, for a little while because you're going to have a few that are running and jumping and screaming and shouting and praising and the Baptists are going to be saying, oh, wow, we didn't know that was biblical. You can actually lift your hand and shout hallelujah and say amen. Praise the Lord. We should be less worried about the charismatic and more worried about the Presbyterians because we're a lot closer to them. We're a lot more similar to that crowd. Amen. We got Drusty, Drusty. That's a combination of dry and dusty. Amen. <laughs> Messages and meetings and our. You walk the average Independent Baptist church, no motion, no feeling. You ought to have feelings for the house of God. You ought to be emotionally moved and stirred by the things of God. Why is it that everything else in this life stirs you? moves you, excites you. You get passionate. Well, I'm not a passionate person. Right. Until soccer season starts, until uh, your baseball team plays, until your football team goes to the Super Bowl, when you sit in that sports stadium, when you buy a new car, you're suddenly passionate. It's eight years old, has 100,000 miles, and will soon cost you 3,000 for a new transmission. But you're pretty passionate about that. You get $500 monthly payments, and you're still passionate. But you come to the house of God and learn about Almighty God. You say, 
Well, yeah, Peruni. <laughs> if you're from Bastrop, you say that. There's good. Can you imagine? Now listen, how do you respond to people? What would you think if you took 25 years of hard work and practice and you stood up on the stage to play a violin or a piano special and when you got done, they just looked, not, not bad. And God, who's done all things perfect, forever, does something. And we say, not bad. Now, what, let me ask you this, and we're going to be done. What's the real reason? The problem was tonight, I brought three different messages on praise, and I can't figure out which one to preach. Say, you sound a little bit scattered. I am, because I'm trying to figure out which direction to go. Here, here's the real problem. Go, go back to 2 Samuel uh, chapter 6. Why don't we praise the Lord? Let's, let's just go straight to the root issue. Verse 16. And as the ark of the Lord came to the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she what? She despised him in her heart. Verse 20. Then David returned to bless his house. Verse 21. David said to Michael, it was before the Lord, which chose me before my father. Verse 22. I will yet be more vile than thus and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. You know why we don't praise God? called pride because it will make us look silly or foolish or out of place and David took a big risk because he was the king and this wouldn't really be considered kingly behavior you know he was supposed to come out with pomp and circumstance and royal robes and a golden scepter and they were supposed to put his throne out there and you know the big palm leaves Fanning him as the ark of God came down in between the singers and the, the BJ choir was supposed to be singing on the side and the orchestra playing the instruments and David should have said, holy, holy, holy. But that's not how it went. They were shouting, hallelujah, is shouting. They're shouting and the cymbals go, wham! Kawaii! Can you imagine the cymbal player? Kawaii! And David, glory to God! Glory to God! But he was just getting started. And he took off running and jumping, and there's some people, uh, that really is not appropriate. Now, you see, for the first time, Baptist mentioned in the Bible. <laughs> Michael was a Baptist. Oh, my goodness. What in the world is he doing? He is making a fool of himself. He wasn't just Baptist. He was independent Baptist. <laughs> That's not the way we do it here in Jerusalem. Around here, we just move our heads. And when things get really loud, we just go, amen. 
he said, I will make myself more base and more vile because that's God, that's the ark of God, that's the presence of God. These are the things of God. I don't need a baseball game. I don't need a home run. I don't need a touchdown. I don't need a field goal. I don't need a new car. I don't need a hunting blind. I don't need a trophy kill. I'm excited because this is my God. And we as Christians have to work ourselves up. Okay, I can do this. I can do this. At some point, he's going to say something good enough to say. And then about the time you get ready to spit it out, it gets stuck in your tongue. I'm giving give it another shot next time he says something good. Have you ever said amen or hallelujah and it's like your first time and it came out pretty bad? <laughs> like, the first time I squeaked out, so the next time you're just like, okay. Amen! 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 Give them a break. They're getting started. If you would praise God at home on Monday in your car on Tuesday, when you came to church on Wednesday, you'd already be practiced up. I hate to break the bad news, but this church is obviously out of practice. And we're convinced we're supposed to come to the house of God and make it sound as quiet as a Catholic church on Monday. That's quiet. And we think that we're supposed to get excited about everything in life except the things of God. No wonder our children don't want to continue in the things of God. They've been taught that it's boring and bland and not worth the effort and not worth the energy. Here's what God loves, humility. And it takes a lot of humility to praise the Lord. Because you know what happens? Every time you get something, and here's, here's what we don't like either. We hate it when people judge our motives. People, the, the, worst thing, <coughs> the worst thing you can do in your life is judge people's motives. You want to know how to kill a marriage? Judge your wife's motives, your husband's motives. You want to know how to kill your kids and anger them and make them bitter for life? They, let them do anything good, and then you question their motives. You say, why did he do it? doesn't matter why he did it. He did right. Just thank God he did right, and hopefully one day he'll do right for the right reason. You say, well, I don't think that's right to say amen. He's not perfect on Monday. God never said anything about praise God when you reach the level of perfection. Well, he gets pretty emotional and says amen, but what in the world is he doing on Tuesday? Probably the same thing you're doing. Eating, sleeping, going to work, getting mad at traffic, and going home. Amen? We're so worried about what someone's going to think or who might judge our motives or who's going to look at us or what if it comes out wrong. We've got to start tonight saying, you know what? I'm going to develop a new habit called praising God. You can do it at night. You can do it in the morning. You can do it anywhere, anytime. You know what? You've got to try it in a grocery store. A little test run. Do it in Donald's grocery store. Hey, Donald, there's a nut case on aisle five yelling, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Donald's going to say, just this way, he'll blow out of here. If we as Christians want to honor God, he says, praise my 
name. Father, help us tonight. Help us. Amazing to think how many years we've lived as Christians. And Father, we've missed such an important part of Christianity, which is praising you. You are worthy. God, so much of our time and effort is spent in so many other areas, doing so many other things, and so little is actually spent praising your name. We certainly hope that you've enjoyed this message today, but more importantly, we hope that the Lord has challenged you in some way to grow in your Christian life. For more information about our church, including directions and times of services, please visit our website at www.capitalcitybaptist.org.